0: You're
1: not a good waiter. I'm not all. a good waiter. I it. Okay. All right, your feet are hurt. Let's get a level check from you then. Level yeah. check on this thing
0: here, the podcast.
1: Music's already playing, bro. Well, are we on now? Yep, this is Jill, uh, Dylan and Johnny Height with your lead-in music. Kind of started a little bit early, but uh, here we go. Garage Logic, suit, take it away. You know, I'm a firm
0: believer that the left has to quit doing black parents and students a favor. Every time the left steps in and acts on behalf of children of color, they end up getting short change in my estimation. How so? We uh, spent considerable time on the show this week talking about a story out of Duluth, Minnesota, where the novels To Kill a Mockingbird and The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn will no longer be required reading in the Duluth School District. Hey, later on in the podcast, yeah. what you should do what? is insert that Obama uh, advertising to kill a mockingbird.
1: I can, I can, you yeah, know, in fact, I'll get it ready. We can do
0: it live while we're doing the podcast. Uh, and they come up with the typical pablum, the typical reasons for this. Uh, well, it has racial slurs, and they think that would marginalize a student, and they're... Uh, They always want to be extra sensitive to inclusivity. Uh, But what really struck me about the story was that uh, a guy named Michael Carey, uh, the district's director of curriculum and instruction, said that he feels and district leaders feel there are many other options in literature that can teach the same lessons as the two novels without containing a racial slur. And never mind the obvious observation that the minute these kids get out of school, they're listening to horrible music that's misogynistic and full of racial slurs. And their argument would be, well, we don't require them to listen to that, and we also are no longer going to require them to read these books, which these educators— have found to be disturbing, which they're only the two best books that have been written in the last 150 years. Huck Finn is the first time that youth have been treated as fully developed human beings, and the relationship between Huck and Jim is an extraordinarily beautiful one. And never mind that the message in To Kill a Mockingbird is that, as Atticus Finch constantly preached to his daughter, uh, let's have a little respect for everybody in the world here, shall we? That's why I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing in court. These people in Duluth, and I got fired up. I'm trying not to now, because the news is bad for you. We talked about that today, too. <laughs> right. Uh, so there's Michael Carey, the District's Director of Curriculum and Instruction, And this is an exact quote from the initial story, added that district leaders felt there are many other options in literature that can teach the same lessons as the two novels without containing a racial slur. And the same story, the original story from uh, Forum News Service, uh, quoted a fellow named uh, Stephen Witherspoon, who was president of the Duluth NAACP local chapter. And, of course, he was applauding the school district's decision to stop requiring students to read these books. Uh, He said some people think these novels are educational literature, but the novels are just hurtful and use hurtful language that has oppressed the people for over 200 years, which is utter nonsense. But let's face it, Witherspoon's in the race business, and if he doesn't act up and act out on things like this, he won't have a job. But he also said, there are a lot more authors out there with better literature that can do the same thing that does not degrade our people. Uh, I'm glad that they're making the decision, and it's long overdue. All right. Here's, Here's what I wanted to tell you about today. I think it's bad radio. I've told Rook this and Reavers this and Height this and Kenny this. I think it's bad radio when you say, well, we asked so-and-so to come on the air today, but we couldn't reach them. I think listeners to radio shows have every right in the world at that point to say, it's your damn business to reach them, right? right? Get them. That's why you're there. That's why we tune in and listen to you so we can learn something. So I was terribly intrigued by Carrie and Witherspoon insisting, that they have other authors and other works in mind that can do the same job as To Kill a Mockingbird and Huck Finn. I wanted to know what those books were, Rook. Right. I wanted to know who the authors were. I'm I, a voracious reader. I think that's a legitimate uh,
1: question to ask, too, since he was the one that brought it up.
0: So we tried to reach these people. and Time be- after
1: time after time.
0: I became insistent that they be reached for precisely the reason I just referred to it. It's, it's, it's lousy radio to come on the air and say, yeah, well, we called the guy, but he never called us back. You're right. That's our job. Find these people. So I told, uh, uh, on the, on the first day we talked about the story Wednesday, uh, we were trying to reach them on the fly as we were on the air and we were told of Carrie, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Rook, we we got as far as someone who would speak for him, a receptionist or what have mm-hmm. you, and was told that he was unavailable. Correct. Is that is that? I, mean, I want to be terribly accurate. Yes, here. that's accurate. Reavers got through, and he was told that um, uh,
1: he's un, unavoidably detained right now.
0: Okay. And the same with Witherspoon uh, on the fly. We tried to reach Witherspoon. We uh, that was
1: a dead end where we never even got to a live operator to say. Where is he? Because the NAACP Duluth chapter, it just rolls over to something called a Google email or a Google voicemail, so to speak, right. and it sends his uh, message to his phone via a text if it's working properly. Right. So he would have received a, a text saying, "We'd like you to come on here." Okay.
0: The air. So, but th- this is gnawing at me now. Not only do I think these people made a horribly wrong decision, uh, and I think black parents in this country need to rise up and start going to school board meetings and saying, will you quit doing us a favor? Don't deprive my child of exposure to these great novels because you think somehow that's going to marginalize my child. You know what that is? It's, it's the line Michael Gerson wrote for George W. Bush. I don't remember which inaugural address, but it's the soft... Uh, what is it? Soft bigotry. It's the soft bigotry of low expectations. And these people, pretending they're virtuous, they think they're doing this black sophomore or junior in high school a favor by shielding that person from the N-word, for example, as it might appear in these books. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're not virtuous at all. They're holding these children back. I'm getting a little off topic. They're holding these children back. It's It's the low expectations of soft bigotry. Is that the... Soft bigotry It's the soft bigotry of low expectations. What they're saying of your child, Mr. and Mrs. Black parent, they're saying, we don't think your child can handle this. We we don't think your child uh, is capable of understanding the deeper meanings of To Kill a Mockingbird and uh, Huck Finn. Therefore, we're going to protect your child from it. B as in B, S as in S. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. After Wednesday's show... I we had a little meeting and I said to to Reavers and Rook, I'm not I'm really not kidding this time. Uh, you know, I give yeah. You guys, I can see it in your eyes. I, I really, really need you guys to succeed in reaching either uh, Michael Carey or Stephen Witherspoon. Let me double check. Is it Michael Carey? Yes, Michael Carey, the district's director of curriculum and instruction, and Stephen Witherspoon the Duluth uh, president of the NAACP chapter. And I even
1: went so far, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I went so far as to find the vice president of the NAACP. I'm going to get to that. I'm I'm going to get to that.
0: So I said to the guys on Wednesday before we left, don't let me down. Get these two guys on the air tomorrow. I'll settle for one. But do whatever you have to do to get these people on the air. This is a widely known radio show syndicated on twenty in 22 markets around this region. Including they, Duluth. They, Including Duluth. They know damn well who we are, and we specifically told them uh, why we were calling. So now I come back Thursday, and I say to Rook and Reavers, okay, give me your report. What happened? Rook, what was your report?
1: Uh, my report was uh, any phone calls to Mr. Witherspoon uh, were left um, – uh, Unconnected, They didn't connect back with us. So. But you
0: you got to somebody else in hopes that that, tell us that story.
1: Well, and so I decided I would go to the NAACP Duluth chapter a site, and I would go to the second in command, uh, Mr. I believe it was Carl Crawford, and I called him. He is with the city of Duluth. He's the human rights uh, guy for the city of Duluth. So I called and left a message with him thinking at least he would call me back and let me know how to get in touch with Mr. Witherspoon. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, he did not call back at all. I explained who I was Mm -hmm. and why I was calling, and uh, I did not
0: get a response back. And in the meantime, Reavers was in charge of trying to reach Michael Carey and even got to the point of communicating... With someone that Reavers said was Carrie's college roommate. Right. Right? Yes. And said, would you put in a word for us? Would you please have Carrie call us? Okay, we failed. Now, the point of this is the following. Uh, I I don't intend this to be, uh, woe is us. Uh, Poor us. We can't reach anybody. That's not the point. And the point is more alarming than that. The public class in this country... uh, and in many cases aided and abetted by legislation, the public class is insulated from having to be accountable to the public. There's not a reason in the world that Kerry would not come on the air, and there's not a reason in the world Witherspoon would not come on the air, except they didn't want to and felt they didn't have to. Taxpayers are paying Kerry's salary, and he is going to remain silent. Here's... Here's what you need to know. You need to applaud. I know we give a lot of grief to news gatherers, but I've been one for 45 years, so I can give grief. I've been a reporter and in the radio business a long time, and we love to have fun uh, with, with, with what other radio people call the mainstream media, uh, and they fail often. But, you know, they're up against it. You should applaud any reporter who can get any information whatsoever out of a public official. Would you agree to that? <laughs> yes. it's, it's It's impossible. Because they don't want to talk. They do not want to talk. Okay. Well, what's the ultimate lesson that we learn by that? My ultimate lesson that I learned is Kerry and Witherspoon have no conviction. If they were convinced that they were right, if they were convinced that they're doing the right thing, by taking those works of literature out of the required reading list, they'll still be available in the library. But kids are only going to read stuff they have to read. Kids, they don't read enough. If they're convinced that their actions were the best actions that should be taken in the interests of children, and they do in fact have other authors and other works in mind to replace *To Kill a Mockingbird* and *The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn*, why? Would they not, based on that conviction, share that information with the listeners?
1: Right. That would be their. That would be the. That would be their first want. I, I. Here's what we decided to
0: replace it with. What do you think? No. What I. What I sense is, they have no conviction whatsoever. They've been trapped in the soft bigotry of low expectations. They've been called out. They've been called out on the air as uh, as providing no illuminated path whatsoever for these children. It's the opposite. They are shielding children when they don't need to. They are not expecting that those children are capable of understanding the books. We got emails uh, from teachers in Duluth who say, look, we weren't consulted. We find this deplorable. We've been teaching these books for 20 years. We weren't consulted you got a guy up there, Michael Carey, the District's Director of Curriculum and Instruction, and you've got Stephen Witherspoon, the Chapter President of the NAACP, neither of whom not only would not come on the air, but did not have the courtesy to tell us they wouldn't come on the air. They didn't email. They didn't call back. You know why? They have no convictions. If they had convictions, they would jump at the chance to jump on board 50,000 watts and tell the rest of the world why what they're doing is so intelligent and so virtuous. We didn't hear from them.
1: Do you want to hear from the president?
0: Here's the president of the United States eight years ago. Fifty years ago, a film came along that instantly captivated the nation.
1: Based on the timeless novel by Harper Lee, To Kill a Mockingbird brought to life... An unforgettable tale of courage and conviction, of doing what was right, no matter what the cost. And it gave us one of the great heroes of American cinema, Atticus Finch, played so memorably by the late Gregory Peck. Half a century later, the power of this extraordinary film endures. It still speaks to us. It still tells us something about who we are as a people and the common values that we all share. So I hope you enjoy the film. And if you haven't already, I hope you get a chance to read the book. It's an American classic, and it's one of my family's favorites.
0: Now, To Kill a Mockingbird. That's among the questions I wanted to ask Carrie and or Witherspoon. Uh, look, if To Kill a Mockingbird is good enough for the President of the United States and his family, why have you decided that it marginalizes children? And again, we, we're we not going to get answers to that. And so the the lesson that I... Trying to convey today is twofold. One, the left has to quit doing uh, children of color a favor because all they're doing is holding them back. I think it's insidious. I think it's foul. I think it's mean spirited. The second point is the public class in this country is getting harder and harder and harder to hold accountable. I'm not condemning people who uh, work for states and counties and cities, many of whom, uh, if not most of whom, are all good souls, doing good work, plowing streets, keeping the library open. I, I get all that, but when you get into positions of bureaucratic authority, like being called the school district's director of curriculum and instruction, You have walls put up for you that apparently you believe shield you from having to be accountable to newspaper reporters, radio shows, what have you. Uh, It's a bad situation for all of us. And it's really, really a sad situation in my estimation for those kids in Duluth. Uh, And again, I have asked on the air countless times for black parents can solve this. I can't solve this. Only black parents can solve this by demanding of these unwise educators to quit doing them a favor. It's not a favor. It's a drag on their learning. It's holding them back. It's saying of those kids, you're not capable of handling this. That's, that's foul. Mm. And only black parents can solve it. I can rant and rave all day long. I don't have my. I'm not black, so what difference does it make? Wait, you're not?
1: Well, wait a minute.
0: In many areas, I am. <laughs> the way I dance and things like that. <laughs> uh, but we encounter this all the time, and I and again, I I don't want people to think, well, quit bitching about it that uh, you couldn't reach somebody. That's too bad. No, it it is too bad. It's bad for everybody. It's bad for everybody. I have a prediction, by the way. What's your prediction? I have a prediction that maybe enough of a firestorm was created that the Duluth school district might reverse that decision.
1: Boy, I hope. I really hope you're, you're right. you get that, that vibe at all. You get that vibe? Well, uh, not by the way they res- Not by the way those uh, the teachers and the NAACP people responded, but the the people in Duluth that are in that school district, all I of whom can hear tricked. the show in Duluth. I think they were tricked, and the, the teachers that we did hear from via email that work there are very upset, and I think they are going to go harumph harumph. We need to. We look must at do this. something about yes,
0: this. Yes, immediately. So and, hopefully, we're right on. And I insist that if Kerry. And if Witherspoon had any conviction whatsoever that they did a wise thing, we would have heard from them. So all I can conclude, absent their willingness or courage, does it even take courage to come on a radio no. show? No. Absent their unavailability, yeah. I can only conclude they have no conviction. They were just following a liberal leftist mysterian playbook that has nothing to do with caring meaningfully about children. Nice.
1: All right, we'll see you next time on Garage Logic on Podcast 1, The Inside Just Look. Is done now. Of Are we Logic. done now? Do you want to be done? Are we Listen done that now? Music now? Let's hear that music. I
0: love the way these guys play. They're
1: going to take us out. You play you... drums with these guys, you know. Well, you know, oh, you, seen, know, you, you played. I don't know if you played well, but you you did play with them. All right, is that it? It's All right, we're done.